0: Hello everyone and welcome back for another episode of the Digest and Invest podcast. I am Sam North, the trading school lead here at eToro. And as usual, I'm joined by Josh Gilbert, our market analyst based out in Sydney, Australia. Good as always to have you with us today, Josh. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, good to always be back, Sammy. I'm, I'm doing well, thanks. Yeah, I'm keeping myself busy, it's always good.
0: Good stuff. Anything new to, to report from the land of Oz?
1: unfortunately not uh, nothing too exciting here uh, further lockdowns I think we just had our worst case numbers today from new south wales um which we've had since the uh since the pandemic sort of started or since this recent lockdown began anyway so it's not getting much better so just got to continue and keep my positive spirits up so
0: that's it mate that's it i saw your tweet this morning when i opened the uh, twitter and i saw it, it was uh, it wasn't good news Keeping no. positive spirits up is something I'm struggling with at the moment after Arsenal on Friday, so We're not even going to talk about that. You know, Hang there's no need for us to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, for the podcast this week, it'd be good to get an update on on Chinese stocks, the equity situation there. I saw your tweet as well, actually, about uh, Barber, Alibaba being down, I think it was 25%, was that right, from the, from the high? Um, I guess the question I want to know, and I think the listeners will know, is do we think... It is an opportunity right now to buy. Have we seen the low or is there more downside to come? As well as that, we can also discuss all things crypto. And I think we'll finish up with a bit of a a pop quiz. All sound good?
1: Yeah, sounds like a plan to me. I think the Chinese element will be definitely a nice point to cover because I imagine there's a lot of investors out there right now who probably you know twiddling their thumbs you know thinking should we get in scratching their heads you know keeping a close eye on it so it'd be good to sort of cover some points and and maybe what to watch watch out for
0: absolutely it's been a hot topic um on the webinars that i've done recently about uh that situation so before we kick off obviously it's important to note there's a difference between individual stocks and the equity market as a whole you know one can the equity market as a whole could go up and those individual stocks could could go lower which uh always tricky to see when like we were saying yesterday when the stock market's on all-time high but your portfolio is not following it can be frustrating but what do you think about china right now is it time to to buy the dip
1: it's a tricky one to navigate for sure um you know i think china has been you know one of those markets that has really sort of stood out for, for a long time and i think it's sort of gone under the radar slightly, you know, we all focus on sort of us equities um, sort of the big driver in portfolios. And I, I just don't think that, that China has, you know, really had enough exposure to, to, to sort of people's portfolios, um, you know, and, and right now everything that we sort of seem to be seeing is, is sort of quite weak. I mean, I'm just having a quick look at the sort of the the Asian markets in terms of performance so far um, year to date and, and everything's, you know, pretty negative. It's only the, um, you know, the Nikkei that's just in, in the positive year-to-date, the Shanghai index is down 6%, the Hang Seng is down 5%, and then you know year-to-date compared to the S&P, looking at you know, an 18% return. So it's definitely underperformed. Um, we obviously had weak data from China on Monday as well, which showed that the economy had slowed down uh, more than sort of expected in July, um, and, and they, they sort of got the case of the, the Delta variant coming back through as sort of most of Asia seems to at the moment as well. Um, And again, not only that, we're continuing to sort of face um, these hurdles with regulatory scrutiny from the government, which has obviously hurt the education sector, which sort of really highlighted uh, what we're seeing um, at the moment. And that was a few weeks back. Um, And of course, Didi was one of the stocks that felt the full impact as well, you know, after it publicly listed, had a look today and and shares are down about 40% since it's public listed in, in under a month. And that's pretty catastrophic and even just looking at the, those prices i think dd trading at like seven or eight dollars us mm. um you know i'm just looking at that price and i just think you know it's it, are those sort of prices those sort of values it's just hard to I, I just can't sort of put it together but i think whilst china have sort of said that they are looking to sort of stabilize the market slightly um it's still continuing to, to sort of have a hold on the market. And I think even just yesterday, I, I obviously, we spoke about Alibaba a minute ago, but the government drafted guidelines released by, obviously, the top market regulator to attempt um, to prevent internet companies from adopting forced exclusivity and blocking competitors' links and apps, which, I mean, seems sort of quite kind of standard. But um, on the back of it, Alibaba dropped about 4.9%. And it's now trading at its lowest level since about 2019. Uh, the Hang Seng tech index also dropped by about 3.1% as well. So I think suffice to say the risks are very high right now, but it's certainly creating that opportunity. Um, you know, because we're seeing a lot of these stocks really trade at a much lower valuation. Um, you know really really heavily discounted if you like and we'll touch on that in a second and i think the concern right now is that the regulatory introductions are far from over and that policies will continue to be rolled out and i think that's the the real difficult point is trying to see you know again we we know about sort of trying to time the market is impossible but i think in this situation we are seeing investors sort of move towards selling rather than buying and the, the you know the old saying of um you know buy when when others are sort of fearful um and but you can understand why people are selling at the moment because there's a lot of pressure there but again i, I mentioned valuations and um, we look at something like 10 cent um a stock that you know i've been really really fond of for you know many years it's trading at 24 times forward earnings and alibaba is at 17 times forward earnings so That So Tencent and Alibaba are cheaper than both Coca-Cola and Home Depot if we're going on forward earnings. So two sort of value stocks and even Apple as well. So two sort of value stocks right there, um, which is, you know, it's really difficult to see. And then Alibaba's valuation comes in below the consumer discretionary, um, IT and even healthcare sectors um, into the S&P 500. So the valuation right now on Alibaba is, is super cheap, but of course, you know, what we're looking at is, is obviously a stock that is heavily volatile and, you know, value versus tech. There is risk there, but is the Chinese government set to essentially ruin their, their tech industry? You know, I, I don't think so. So I think there's going to be a point where this sort of levels out. And I think the difficult part, like I said, is obviously timing that um if we could see further downside and i do think that you know there is opportunity there if we're looking you know two three four five years in advance it's really difficult to see these stocks trading at these valuations right now so i think for investors looking at it i think it's worth of course you know moving with caution um and i then particularly think it's worth looking at things like dollar cost averaging you know you're not going all the way in um at this you know right time because again we could see you know further actions. And unfortunately, nobody knows what's going to happen next from the Chinese government. It could be all done tomorrow and and we could see these stocks, you know, back to their normal valuations again. Um, And also looking at things like ETFs to give you that overall exposure rather than picking stocks will also help you with sort of that, that sort of reduction of risk as well. So those are sort of strategies that I can suggest in terms of trying to gain that exposure. But whether this is all done, I don't, you know, I I don't really know. And I don't think it is, Um, but I definitely do think it's creating an opportunity.
0: 100%. And great advice. I think the ETF is a great shout. I think dollar cost averaging is a great shout. The risk reward, you know, you've always got to factor in. Um, And I think you make a good point in five years time, longer term trading, investing opportunities here are right in front of us. But is there more downside? We can't definitely, know, I'm with you. I think there is a bit more. Um, but, you know, no one can really ever pick the, the bottom price of the market um, with, with so much confidence. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that develops. But I'm certainly keeping an eye on a few of those names. Next up, uh, crypto, Bitcoin made it four positive weeks in a row, but it's sitting on uh, a pretty big level of resistance as a zone. What are your thoughts on on that and and the space as a whole anything we should be aware of from your your point of view at the moment
1: yeah um i think we've we've got a you know we've got a bit carried away um, <laughs> i think we i think we've got to be cautious of that i think when we started to move upwards you know in sort of changing that trend towards a bit more of a bullish sentiment i think i mentioned that you know i i don't think it was the end um you know i think we might see a little bit more of um you know a downside again a, whether we go back to those 30k tests again is you know i'm not sure but it is of course great to see the turnaround that we have had in fortunes um and, and move into that bullish trend but as soon as that does happen my timeline on twitter is filled with 100k here we come yeah, um, yeah. you know to the moon um so i think it's about being realistic um you know and, and sort of trying to turn off those you know blinkers and you know really look at the research and, and everything else so i think we, we obviously mentioned it there but Obviously, Bitcoin arguably faced one of its biggest tests in the last, you know, probably few years. Um, after it went, you know, dropped what sixty percent from its highs in, in May 2021, um, coming down to lows of about twenty eight thousand eight hundred, and, and that level was tested numerous times, and the price was, you know, ultimately able to hold above this, um, subsequent, you know, basically acting as a springboard then for for the prices that we're seeing today. So I think from a technical standpoint the we, we spoke about it the other day but that sort of 200 day moving average um 200 day ema was sort of the the catalyst for that sort of move higher we're now slightly trading below that again which could see us in a bit of a, a shorter term trend but i think the key thing to note is that we're now seeing higher highs and importantly higher lows um which is obviously important from a, from obviously that technical standpoint i'm sure you can probably touch on that in a minute sam but you know we, we've also got to be continuously aware of again we're coming back to china but uncertainty for, around that um we're always going to have fud and i think although this seems to have disappeared for the time being with something like china etc that can come back and um, you know we can see that you know a lot of news can really be catalysts um for you know we saw really i think the the catalyst to move up was really the amazon rumor uh, ever since that was sort of the real turnaround so i think any, any sort of news can really affect that price at the moment but um, in terms of a bit more positivity and maybe catalyst for that further um, bullish sort of trend, we've got Bitcoin's taproot upgrade, which is expected to take full effect in, in October. And I think that could provide you know, a catalyst to push us towards new record highs or at least test those levels again. I think the upgrade will provide greater efficiency and also provide the option for smart contracts. So currently smart contracts are the primary drivers for Ethereum and why there's such interest in Ethereum and i think adding smart contract capabilities to bitcoin's blockchain could be a game changer um you know i think a lot of discussion we obviously spoke about it with yoni on a podcast a couple of weeks ago with the discussion of you know ethereum um, bitcoin etc he mentioned that although ethereum will rival bitcoin and continue to really provide a competition he doesn't believe that it will flip it um but it, obviously it will certainly um you know you test it but i think we've seen huge price increases from ethereum and cardano with their upgrades um you know we, we've had the alonzo um update we've got the um it was a london hard fork on ethereum so we could see that from you know bitcoin too um you know i think right now obviously we're trading slightly lower about forty five thousand. but you know, resistance is obviously going to be that 50k level which we haven't you know really tested yet we haven't sort of tried to break above it I think that it, that sort of will be the, the resistance in my eyes. Your thoughts, Sam?
0: Yeah, yeah, to, to resistance to the upside, I agree. I agree. I mean, we struggle to get above that sort of 47,000 level, which was the support that gave way before the crash uh, on the 17th, I think it was, seventeenth 18th of May. And then, yeah, 50,000 to the upside. I think to the downside, the Bulls will want us to stay above sort of 42,500, which was... Uh, real good resistance before we then broke through the beginning of August. So from a technical point of view, you know, if I was a bull, if I was short, medium, or long term long, I'd like to see price uh, above there. Um, but you're right, as the as the the saying kind of goes, you know, when everyone's bullish, when the when the timeline is is all to the moon, it feels like who else is left to convince? You know, for for price to go up, that sometimes actually it will then for come lower uh, as there's no. More balls left. So I think we have a little little bit of a pullback before the next leg up. But as always, trade what you see, not what you think. Um, okay, so to finish the, the pod today, I thought we could do a quick higher or lower. Um, not football transfer prices, unfortunately. <laughs>
1: I'd be good at that. <laughs>
0: yes, we might struggle a bit more. But um, so I'll start by by telling you um a price that a certain tech company bought another one for. And then you have to tell me if the next deal I mentioned was more or or less expensive. Guys at home obviously play along as well. I'll, I'll make sure there's a little bit of a break before I say the answer. But does that make sense, Josh?
1: Yeah, makes sense. Um, so I think we, we're talking M and A activity here, right? Yeah. 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 It's good uh, for for full transparency. I don't know what Sam's going to ask me, by the way. So True. I have no clue what these are. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully I will get a nice prize if I if I win. So
0: yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll create an N- NFT for you. Um, yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's uh, let's crack on. I think there is there's nine guesses. So there's ten N- M and A deals. Okay. Um, so in 2006, Disney bought Pixar for $7.4 So that's your, your benchmark to go off. Yeah. And um, Three years later, Disney also bought Marvel. Do you think that was higher or lower than 7400000000 billion?
1: I'm going to say... I think I'm going to go lower just because I think Pixar offers maybe slightly more than Marvel, but the Marvel their the, the movies are huge i'm gonna go lower but i think it might be high, but i'm gonna go. Lower. i'm loving this
0: insight into how the the brain is is working here you're right yeah. you're, you're absolutely right four billion that shocked me i would have said marvel would have been more but i tested it on people in the office yesterday and a lot of them said pixar so i'm obviously way in the wrong here but well done that's one out of Thank one you. thanks um 2017 amazon bought whole food higher or lower than four billion?
1: It's got to be lower again. I can't imagine that's going to be higher. I think that was to, I guess, in terms of trying to set up their grocery setup, but I'd say lower.
0: 13.7 billion.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, unreal.
1: That's big. They're really (laughs) looking to move into that grocery industry.
0: (laughs) Um, A year before that, so in 2016, Microsoft bought LinkedIn. Higher or lower than than 13.7 billion? What do you think?
1: i'm gonna go lower i think i remember google buying youtube for about a billion in its early stages i'm not sure linkedin can provide as much revenue as as youtube so i'm gonna go again we're talking years and years ago but i'm gonna go lower
0: yeah i mean listen i would have said exactly the same but it's higher and quite a bit 26.2 billion microsoft oh. linkedin for all, all for just people to to post their internship stories um, <laughs> but, uh that's big deal um this one massively shocked me at the at the price anyway so in 2012 facebook bought instagram so what's that nine years ago higher or lower than 26.2 billion
1: i'd like to think it was higher because well if, if it's lower then they're definitely making their money back on that what a decision that was if they bought that lower than than linkedin microsoft uh, i'm gonna go higher
0: i would have gone higher and it's one billion. <laughs> one billion.
1: That is insane. See, uh, to be to be honest, when you think about that, and then Google paying YouTube for, yeah, I think it was again a, very similar to like a billion, yeah. and LinkedIn for twenty six. That makes no sense. Makes
0: no sense. Some of these are just incredible. Um, two years after that, so in two thousand fourteen, Facebook then bought WhatsApp. So this will probably be quite an easy one. Um, uh, higher or lower than one billion? Facebook buying WhatsApp?
1: Higher. Yeah,
0: twenty two billion. Um, oh. I mean off the face of it you've got you bought whatsapp and instagram for 23 billion combined i think that's that's pretty good business from from then don't,
1: don't they call facebook the monopolization i think that's why they're <laughs> under regular <security. laughs> yeah
0: um yeah incredible incredible business um i also think the the, the disney buying pixar marvel is actually pretty pretty solid business too um last year salesforce salesforce bought slack Higher or lower than 22?
1: I remember this one as well. It's high. I think it was yeah. 35, 45 billion, I think.
0: 27, 27.7 oh. billion dollars. So that I think was was boosted a fair bit during, during the lockdown, if I remember. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. In early 2011, Microsoft bought Skype. Higher or lower? 27 billion was the Salesforce bought Slack. Microsoft, what do you think?
1: going off microsoft's history i'm going to say they paid higher for that because i you know imagine in 2011 skype was i'm going to think it was maybe a bit of a hype back then something like zoom so i might say higher than 11 bit or yeah lower
0: lower but yeah. you know going off what they pay for linkedin you think yeah. it would be higher right i know yeah uh, 8.5 billion 2011 um i guess you know wonder what zoom would be worth if someone someone came in um 2014 apple bought beats by dre higher or lower than than
1: 8.5 well, the price they are they're, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're very expensive
0: um lower yeah three three billion um wasn't there i mean didn't it make dr dre a billionaire or almost a billionaire i'm not sure how much he actually owned of the company but I remember yeah. hearing something about on, it. on that
1: same sort of point I read something earlier about obviously Messi's transfer to um, PSG to, to PSG and the uh, Michael Jordan uh, obviously because of the shirt sales makes about 5% of, that, yeah. of revenue from shirt sales and they sold about 130,000 shirts since he's yeah. since and, he joined. and the money he's
0: made was more than he got paid in any of those championship winning years as well which is incredible That's
1: insane yeah <laughs>
0: Last one, Microsoft, another Microsoft deal here. Um, so the two Microsoft so far, we've got Microsoft bought LinkedIn for 26.2. We've got Microsoft bought Skype for eight point five. In 2013, Microsoft bought Nokia for what? Was it higher or lower than three billion?
1: What date? What date was it? What year?
0: 2013.
1: I'll go higher. They were big yeah. back then, weren't they? Yeah, the, the yeah. Phones. 7.2
0: yeah After the day everyone had a nokia didn't
1: they yeah yeah everyone had a nokia what was it <laughs> with the, those little brick ones never used to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they
0: probably still got battery from
1: 2013. yeah yeah
0: <laughs> well, 100 percent or, um, or a blackberry yeah
1: what a blackberry yeah,
0: yeah you did a lot better than i i would have done and, and the guys in the office did as well um but not quite enough to win an F- nft but i might make one anyway i might make okay one. yeah
1: <laughs> we'll make a we'll make a digest and invest nft
0: yeah absolutely absolutely guys thank you for for making it this far hopefully you you did quite well on the higher or lowers um thanks for listening to the podcast as usual you can learn more of course by visiting our etoro academy we will be back next week josh thanks a lot
1: thank you very much guys and uh enjoy the
0: rest of your week take care everyone you've been listening to digest and invest from etoro For more information, visit eToro.com.